Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Outlier Podcast. I'm Lauren Conlin. I'm an entertainment and crime reporter, and I independently write for a few websites. And sometimes I'm on TV discussing the latest crime that's captivated society or the latest in entertainment and pop culture, which is why I decided to put my two favorite genres together for the Outlier Podcast. I'm also the host of Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon?, And I started that true crime podcast in April of 2023. And it was and is my first ever investigative podcast. And it's just a very disturbing and tragic story of a young 18-year-old boy's mysterious death. And season two of Corruption is coming soon. So head over wherever you listen and catch up on Corruption, what happened to Grant Solomon. And please note, that show is ad-free. Again, it was my first investigative show, so I had to get my bearings straight, but I do plan on doing some crossover between Corruption and Outlier, so stay tuned. I've included the link to Corruption and Investigation Discovery's written article about the Grant Solomon case in the episode notes, so please do go ahead and check it out. So before we get into Natalia Grace, and wow, I am, I'm so baffled by the story and it's so infuriating. Um, it's, it's so crazy, but let's talk about the 900 pages and the unsealed document dump pertaining to Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell that was released on January 3rd, 2024. So My eyes hurt from looking at these docs, but I, like many others, have been following this case for a long time. I wrote an expose on Epstein's creepy Manhattan townhouse in 2022, and I've linked that out in the episode notes as well, but you have to hear how weird it was inside that townhouse. Per an Epstein source, that infamous picture of Bill Clinton in a blue dress and makeup was literally hanging up, quote, as soon as soon as you walked in, in a room to the right, and everyone always laughed at it, end quote. 
But a few things that stuck out to me as very disturbing in the docs, there's one section where Virginia Gouffray is being questioned, and essentially every man they ask her about, and and these men are mentioned throughout the 900 pages multiple times, confirming their participation and association with Epstein, every man in this one section except one was dead. So there was businessman Marvin Minsky, and I mean, he was super old. He died at 88. I'm not saying that's you know anything sketchy, but there's also former governor of New Mexico, Bill Richardson, dead, and French modeling scout Jean-Luc Brunel, who was an Epstein pal, and interestingly enough, found dead in his prison cell in Paris in 2022. Reports say he allegedly hung himself after being found guilty of drugging and raping a 17-year-old girl in the early 2000s. So yeah, Epstein, he keeps really good company. Um, They do list Glenn Dubin, who is a billionaire hedge fund manager. So Glenn, I don't want you to get Clinton, as they say. But uh, yeah, let's keep an eye on Glenn because they do mention him. And and then in the same section, they have a redacted name. So they are protecting somebody. My opinion is that it's Bill Gates. And you can go to the episode notes for this because I actually link out one of my social media posts with this uh, section of the document that you can see. So uh, they didn't list a ton of celebrities who actually hung out with Epstein. They do mention a few. And I feel like a lot of this was clickbait, but they do mention David Copperfield, uh, who was at dinner at Epstein's house. And he knew these girls were young. And while he wasn't listed as getting any type of massage, he did nothing to help any of these girls knowing that they were so young and that they were being recruited to do this sex work. And look, maybe they didn't look like or seem like they needed help. Uh, But I thought that was worth mentioning. And one of the victims interviewed in these depositions, Joanna Joberg, uh, excuse me if I mispronounced her name, she said she met Michael Jackson at Epstein's house, but did not see him getting massage. And I'm thinking like, well, yeah, duh. I mean, you're not a little boy, Joanna, so you didn't give a massage and you didn't see him getting one from another woman but or girl. But yeah, there also were celebrities mentioned like Cameron Diaz and Leonardo DiCaprio. But really, it's just lawyers asking these victims if they had ever met them or seen them, to which they said no. Uh, allegedly, Epstein was chatting on the phone with Leonardo DiCaprio, but... Look, my opinion is that Leo probably did have a lot of contact with Epstein because he loves people with money and connections because they finance his movies. Leo had a relationship with Joe Lowe, the Malaysian fake billionaire who laundered money, who's actually now missing. He ran away and you can look all this up, but Leo got Joe Lowe to finance the Wolf of Wall Street. So um, yeah, he loves to rub elbows with anyone with money. So I feel like we may hear more about Leo in these docs uh, through the next round, but whether or not he got massages, I I would not be surprised if he did not because he has no trouble getting women. But yes, I am interested to hear more. Uh, no, oh, Naomi Campbell was mentioned as well. They apparently partied with her, but I feel like a lot of people knew this. So 
Again, I linked some actual screenshots in the episode notes that I posted on social media about this list. So top names mentioned on the list, Epstein attorney, Alan Dershowitz, 137 times mentioned, Prince Andrew, 76 times, and Slick Willie himself, Bill Clinton, 73 times. I want to point out in 2022, Virginia Gouffre came out and said she may have made a mistake in implicating Dershowitz as someone that she slept with. However, in the documents, there are Jane Doe's that implicate him in participating in sex with minors. Ugh, I'm so grossed out. I, I like Alan Dershowitz's commentary in the media. I like his opinions. And I've actually crossed paths with him a few times in NYC. One time it was a gathering in Brooklyn. NYC media can be kind of small. So I am friendly with Dersh's lawyer. And at this gathering in Brooklyn, he was with his whole family. And he didn't strike me as a sick dirtbag, but obviously I know people can be very good at hiding this stuff. Oh, and the weirdest name on this list, sorry, skipping uh, over Dershowitz, uh, the weirdest name on this list to me was Stephen Hawking. So Jeffrey Epstein was obsessed with scientists and Stephen Hawking was photographed on Epstein's Caribbean Island in March of 2006 as part of a science conference and was said to have participated in an underage orgy. Ugh, that's also really gross. But okay, let's let's get to it. The curious case of Natalia Grace Barnett, now Natalia Speaks, streaming on Max. This poor girl. So a quick recap on the first season, you find out that Ukrainian orphan Natalia Grace, who has a rare form of dwarfism, had literally been given up, so sad, by two sets of parents before being adopted by Michael and Christine Barnett in Indiana. The Barnetts had two sons, and essentially Christine Barnett did not get along with Natalia very early on after adopting her and decided that they needed to get rid of her. And Natalia believes that Christine was inspired by the movie Orphan and then created this entire narrative that Natalia was actually an adult and then they had her re-aged and it's sick. In the first season, they don't exactly confidently tell you what Natalia's age is. They had dental records that did say she was a child, but this family clearly ignored them. And they didn't, they didn't do the best job, in my opinion, of convincing us that she was a child. So in the second season, they do administer a DNA test, which 100% proves that Natalia had always been telling the truth about her age. And what Michael and Christine did to her was barbaric. I will remind you, and Beth Karras, my guest, who you will hear from shortly, reminded me of this also. They adopted her as a six-year-old in 2010, but by 2013, they forced her to live alone in an apartment not equipped for a disabled person because they convinced a judge that her actual age was 22 years old. So they had her birth certificate changed uh, from 2003 to 1989. But as we know now, in actuality, she was nine years old living on her own in an apartment with this rare form of dwarfism. They claimed she was older because of pubic hair 
And Christine claimed that Natalia had her period. And if you watch the second season, oh my gosh, it's very sad what Christine did to this poor girl. So trigger warning, but Christine forced her as a seven-year-old to shove a tampon up there and threatened to beat her if she didn't. So Natalia did, and it really hurt her. So when she took it out, of course there was a little bit of blood there. She was seven years old. And then Christine said, see, you have your period. Beth also reminded me that the neglect of a dependent case that was brought against Christine and Michael in 2019, if you were not aware of this, there was a case brought against them. Uh, Both of them were not implicated in this case and they got off because they were not allowed to discuss her age in court for this trial. So what happened was one of the neighbors had called the Department of Uh, child services when they saw Natalia living alone with her disability. They weren't convinced that she was a child. They also saw that she was an adult, but they were disturbed that she was alone and she didn't have any help. So the state brought on this civil suit against the Barnetts. And yeah, the fact that they didn't have enough evidence to convict these evil people is so disturbing to me. And that just goes along um, with the pure and simple fact that they couldn't bring up her age. They couldn't bring up the dental records that they had. And um, it's just, it's terrible. The abuse that Natalia suffered at the hands of Christine and Michael Barnett that you hear about in season two is heartbreaking. She says that Christine pepper sprayed her and... Um, I won't give away everything if you hadn't seen it yet, but I personally think that Michael Barnett is so off. There is something really wrong with him. And I asked Beth directly, is he faking it for the cameras? Is he doing this for the cameras? And I think that you will be very interested to hear what she has to say. So I don't want to give anything away, but I am going to discuss the last few minutes of the show. So if you hate spoilers, just fast forward this part. But um, and, and again, it doesn't give anything away with what Natalia and Michael say during the show. But again, if you don't want to um, be, yeah, not surprised by the end, then fast forward. But the family that adopted Natalia Grace, the mans, who appear to be very sweet and supportive throughout the doc, at the end... The last episode, the sixth episode, they say to producers, and this is via people.com, and this is her adopted father, Antoine Manns. He says, quote, something ain't right with Natalia. This girl is tweaking. I feel like she's the enemy in the house. And she said to us, we have held her hostage, made us look like we're the enemy. And then Cynthia Mann says, Natalia is stabbing her family in the back over a complete lie. And then Antoine adds, she's done other things too, but this was a new low. Natalia does not have emotions for nothing but herself. We're done. We're done with her. End quote. My opinion is that Natalia has been through hell and never gotten therapy. I don't think we can blame her for any of her erratic behavior. And listen, I don't know what she's tweaking over, but I think that she should be offered a little bit of grace. 
now my interview with Beth, uh, we did this interview when only the first two episodes had premiered. So we did not talk about this ending, but I do have an exclusive soundbite from Beth about this whole thing and a clip, a video clip of our interview on my Patreon Patreon account, which is linked out in the notes. So if you're interested, please do subscribe. My Patreon will be really fun, you guys, I promise. And I want to quickly point out that I interviewed Beth also after the first season of Natalia Grace aired on my old entertainment podcast, Lauren Interviews. So I reference some of the aftermath of our first interview, um, the whole Reddit crowd, gotta love them. Um, And I put that in the episode notes as well for you. But okay, after I play these quick ads, I will play my interview with legal analyst, Beth Karras. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's your New Year's resolution? Mine was to get better at creating online content. I am busy, like everyone else, but with Skillshare, you can connect with a global community of creators. Skillshare offers thousands of online, one-off classes, and you decide when you want to take them. You can literally work on everything from your art and drawing skills to creating online content. I literally took a class from a girl who showed me the best way to use multiple ring lights, and my video content has never looked better. Head to the episode notes to use my link to get your free month of Skillshare. I drink a lot of caffeine, so there are times when I'm a bit jittery and I need to relax. My favorite potent CBD is Next Evo. Head to the link in the episode notes to order yours with my special discounts because like I said, this CBD is good, it's potent, and it's clinically proven to help with stress and relaxation. Next Evo. You definitely need these. Thank you for joining me again. My pleasure. Season two just premiered, and we're very excited about it. I've been keeping the lid on. A lot of information can't share everything with you because as we speak, everything mm. hasn't aired yet, right? Two yes. out of the episodes have aired. Right. I want to start with um, just the simple fact. I went down a Reddit thread, and people criticized me personally for our first interview. And I mean, this is normal to me. I'm, I'm very much used to this. You know what I mean? The, the Reddit's like, you can go down forever and kind of see what people think. They criticized me for not fully grasping the fact that Natalia was telling the truth, that she actually, she, she was not 22, 23. 
I personally was like, well, wait, I thought they wanted us to be confused because I left very confused. And all of these viewers and all of these team, I mean, and I was team Natalia, I'll be honest. And all of these people that were very solidly team Natalia were like, are you stupid? She's clearly a child. And I was like, well, wait, we don't know that yet. But it sounds like uh, she, she is a child and she still is a child. You're right. I mean, that comes out in in um, on the first night. Uh, yes. So much information we did not have before because people could not talk. Right. Like the, the, this story was being developed and produced. And then there were cri- there, the criminal trial was coming up from Michael and Christine. Right. That was a severed case. And this was almost completed season one when Michael's trial happened. You see, it's like we, we squeeze it in at the end. Right. And um, and then, of course, Christine's case was dismissed after season one was delivered. So people I've been reading on, on, on Twitter or X, people saying, well, you know, why didn't we get this in season one? And I did say that on the first night. Look, we have information from people who could not speak before. Natalia has given us information. The prosecution, prosecutors um, revealed, they released a lot of information after they dismissed the charges against Christine. So we have more now that we didn't have before. Okay. And so for season one, there was some speculation, but we said it was speculation. We had theories. Mm. Now we have the concrete evidence from the dentist who mm. examined Natalia just weeks after she joined the Barnett household. Well, she came in April 2010. I, he, he looked at her in 2011, but within mm. a year. And then um, we have a report about an endocrinologist. I mean, Christine and Michael knew. They knew what doctors were saying. And this is what people were saying after season one. Why isn't there DNA? There is DNA. There was, we did do the DNA. The producers did DNA for this for season two. And um, the dentist, the endocrinologist, I mean, the, the investigators, all these people who couldn't speak or reports we didn't have for season one, we now have. So there are, there are a lot of facts now and mm-hmm. it's irrefutable, but it was a mystery in season one. And, and I mean, I wasn't sure about what the truth was. I believed she probably was a child, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure about all the truth. I wanted the evidence right. we now have. Yes. Yes. And that, that was exactly the way I felt. I was like, I'm pretty sure she is, but I'm, I'm not positive. But now knowing the, the timelines here, when the dentist did uh, you know, have this information about Natalia, which is very concrete. I mean, dental, that's how you identify cadavers, right? Like that's there. It's very concrete there. So I heard that. And I was like, Michael and Christine, I mean, we all thought they were evil, but now we know that they're evil. And I got to ask you, and and this, you might not really know this or, or, you know, I don't know if you were around him, but Michael seems like Bravo TV's like wet dream, excuse my language. I mean, he seems so fake. Like he just seems like he's doing it all for the cameras and it's very cringy to watch. Yeah, I know. I know people are saying that. I have not met Michael in person, but I did speak with someone who used to work for him. Mm. uh, And that was just before the holidays. I spoke with this person and he told me that that's how Michael is. He just said, you know, that's Michael. He's like very dramatic. And so I don't know. I can't say that every scene where Michael, you know, he's not mugging for the camera. I don't know. But but this person said Michael's that kind of guy. You know, he's very like he wouldn't refer to Christine as by her name, which is what he does with Natalia in the sit down. He does not. Mm. He does not call. He calls her Satan or evil. And that's what he was doing with this worker. There's no camera around. He just talked to the worker about Satan. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I thought it was interesting the way he she was um she was more mature than he was in my opinion during this whole interview. I mean, I was I was shocked. I was like, let it's she's essentially what 15, 16 and and she would ask him a question and his his responses. I was like, "Man, you got to, you know, you you got to right. button yourself up a little bit." To, yeah, he it was it was very uh jarring to watch that. If you, you know, if her Birth certificate is accurate from Ukraine. By the time she sat down, did that that sit down with Michael, she was 19. 19, now, okay. Turned 20, okay. she was born in 2003. Okay. So she, she turned 20 in September 2003. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I watched that whole thing and I was like, wow. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Beth, I in, in the first season, they really talked about Natalia, uh, her sexuality, and the fact that she seemed to be a bit interested in men. And and this, again, this is coming from other people, not directly from Natalia's mouth or anything. But I did notice that a huge change in her. It's all of a sudden she's sexual in the first season, and now she won't even, uh, she's not comfortable around cursing. And this could be a product of her new environment, but I felt like we kind of skimmed over that a little bit. Like, she, you know... Yeah, I think some of that will be addressed um, later in the in okay. season two a little bit, but um, maybe not directly, but a little bit. You might mm. get a few more answers. Here's the thing. She's been with the Manzas for about a decade, right? So almost a decade. And that def- she's definitely a product of that environment, you know, very religious environment. She's very Christian now. Mm. Um, and she's never had any any um, sort of like discipline, really, right? I mean, she was just shuttled from from family to family. I mean, I'm sure some of the families she lived with tried to discipline right. her. But I believe she had behavior problems and she did act out. So, um, and and I, I'm not saying that all these people that say she was very sexual are, aren't telling the truth. She may mm-hmm. very well have been. And that could be, that could be a sign of her having been abused as a child. That's consistent. So um, yeah. we, we just don't know the whole story about her background, but it's possible that she's um, been abused. And I'm not t- yeah. saying American families, it could go way back to Ukraine. Of course, of course. No, that's that's a really good point, actually. That's very consistent. And and yeah, maybe they'll, like I said, I haven't seen the third episode, so maybe they'll touch upon that a little bit more. But I was like, you know, I guess I didn't realize she has been with that family for almost a decade. That's crazy. I had no idea. Two thousand. Let's see, 2013, she moved to Tippecanoe County, the town of Lafayette, and this was within months that um, the man's just kind of took her in. So about a decade. Okay, and and I guess I felt sort of the same way about the pubic hair. Um, that is still a bit unexplainable, and you know they didn't have a doctor come on and say, "Oh, well, there have been X Y Z cases, so this could happen." I mean. That was weird, right? Oh, I looked through some of the medical records. I can't say that I've seen all of them, and I've not seen any reference to, uh, you know, pubic hair, right? I mean, yeah. I, I feel like she's prepubescent. I did, I, like, on the Twitter feed last night, yeah. I tried, or the X feed, I, <laughs> I saw somebody say, you know, that they know of children who started getting pubic hair at six and seven. But this description, full pubic hair, it, you know, has to be taken with a grain of salt only because of the yes. sort. I mean, there's no, I mean, she might have had some hair. I don't know. Sure. Uh, we assume that Michael was telling the truth um, in the first season when he said that. But I have not seen corroboration for that in medical records. I'm not okay. saying it doesn't exist, but I haven't seen it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Natalia made the point, like this couldn't have been that big of a deal because right after you saw it, it's not like you went to anybody and said, you know, uh, you know, this is, she's old, she's old. <laughs> well, they did go to just Dr. Riggs, the endocrinologist who is referenced in um, the first, the first night. You know, we're, we're talking about okay. episodes one, two, and three. It's actually six episodes, two a night, the okay. way it's broken down by the company. Okay. It's okay. Night. So one and two were on the yes. first night. And, and Dr. Riggs is an endocrinologist and he estimated her age to be between like eight and 10 or nine and 11, nine and 11, I think. And, um, he would have been looking at, he would have been looking at, you know, the pubic hair and what, you know, hormones and what would have caused that growth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I felt like that was like a little, uh, just un- unanswered and unaddressed or something. And, and, and Dr. Riggs, well, I think it gets addressed again later, but, um, Dr. Riggs okay. was, uh, consulted before the dentist. Oh, so, okay. he's in the he's in the he's in the adoption report by Gateway Woods, the company in Indiana that represented uh, the Barnetts. And so they incorporate his um, report in there. So he was seen. He saw her. I'd have to go back to the records. I want to say, mm-hmm. you know, within but in June, June of 2010, maybe five weeks or so after yeah. she arrived. Yeah. Wow. Wow. OK. And I hope you can clarify this for me because <clears throat> I could not I couldn't find it. uh you know, on the internet, but the first, the first trial against Christine and Michael, they had separate trials. Was this the state versus Michael and, okay. So it was the state that, okay. For both cases. State of Indiana. Right. It was County. It was Jackie Barnett. I mean, Jackie Barnett, Jackie uh, Starbuck was the prosecutor. She spoke and uh, she left the office after that. And it was a new team of prosecutors who determined there wasn't enough evidence to bring to to prove the case against Christine. Now, the evidence is identical with Michael's trial and he was acquitted Mm. with the addition of Michael because Michael was subpoenaed to testify against his wife. But as we know, he has credibility problems and maybe prosecutors felt that, you know, Michael wouldn't bring it home for them. Right. Because he passed the buck on to her. And, um, you know, it was a discretionary decision on the part of prosecutors. But what a lot of viewers need to remember and listeners need to remember is that Mm -hmm. the prosecution would not bring up anything to do with Natalia's age. So all this information that comes out in season two from the dentist, the endocrinologist, all that was precluded, was kept out of the trial. The prosecution had to try the case as though Natalia was an adult. And, and and the whole travesty here is that she was a disabled child, mm. right, left to fend for herself. Thank it's you no for, wonder she's walking yeah. into people's apartments and homes. She doesn't know boundaries, right? Right, of course. Thank you for reminding me of that. That was where I think everyone needs to be reminded of that. This trial, they were not allowed to bring up anything having to do with her age. That's so important because, you know, I... I don't know if Natalia would ever plan on on doing this. And and I mean, if it's sealed or whatever, but, you know, she could sue them now herself for damages and for distress. And I mean, she has a case here, right? So that my understanding is that's being explored. I'm not an Indiana lawyer, so I don't I, I can't say like, I don't know when the statute of limitations expires in a, in civil cases, um, mm-hmm. but uh you know, it may be a long time. And, you know, the rules uh, have the statute of limitation laws cha- have changed in states when it yeah. comes to abuse of a child. If it happened when they were a child, they have a certain number of time after they turn majority, after they become an adult to bring a case. So that's yeah. being 
forward. So, you know, stay I mean, I would hope so because I, I do feel like uh, Natalia really got a raw deal. I really feel like she did. And I feel like she even says it. They they really took away most of her childhood. And I, I feel so bad for her. And I think that her sitting down with Michael, she just wanted an apology. She just wanted some for him to show some type of empathy. And he wasn't he wasn't giving her anything. He did the typical narcissist thing where he's like, listen, it's about me. And this is obviously my opinion. This is what I felt when I was watching it. But it really broke my heart for her. So Michael made himself a victim, right? He put himself on her yeah. side. Right? It's like we're both victims of Christine. Obviously, yes. very different. He was an adult. He had an obligation as her parent, as the other parent of Natalia, to protect her. And she feels like he completely failed, even if he wasn't the one administering the punishment. Right. We did hear in season one when he, I don't know why they're recording these things on the fire phones, but they're, you know, <laughs> they're I know. Going, going to her apartment and yeah. challenging her. Where'd you get these donuts? I mean, she, oh, that was you so sad. That was, was so not, sad. And he, t- he makes himself out to be the good guy, but his tone was not very nice. It wasn't very endearing. It wasn't like, are you doing okay? What can I get for you? Oh, I'm glad somebody bought you donuts. That's nice. It's like, where'd you get them? Whoa. You know, and, and, and she's being yeah. forced to say, my neighbor, I guess being a good neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For her. Yeah. I mean, I, I sit here and I cannot imagine being her at whatever age that was 16 living on her own and having her disability and not having anybody here. uh, The the prosecutor, Jackie Starbuck lays out in night one, um, the timeline when, when, when Natalia was reaged, it was June, 2012. And she was, uh, she was um, eight. She was going to turn nine in September. Right. So when she went to that first apartment in Westfield, Indiana, which was that first floor, every, everything yes. was on ground yes. floor. That's where the the woman said it was like it's like living, being in a Hitchcock movie, living next door to her, and people yeah. were convinced she was an adult. That was the first year she didn't get re-upped on her lease because there were too many complaints about her. Okay, she was eight going on nine when they re- sent her to oh. Tippecanoe County. It was the summer. Of 2013, she was nine. She turned 10 in September. She was not 16 living on her own. She was nine and 10, eight, oh nine, my and 10. Gosh. I totally forgot that timeline. So, and that makes it, I, I mean, so much worse. You have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, can you imagine taking uh, your kids aren't quite that old though, right? But well, I have a seven year old, which so, I mean, okay. in like, one year, sending your, that's your son? Is that your, your daughter? No, my daughter. Yeah. Okay, sending your daughter to live on her own in one year. And she's able-bodied. I'm sorry. Well, like that's, that's, really. she doesn't, and yeah. In an apartment that's not modified for a small person. I, I, I truly feel uh, deep in my soul that Michael and Christine do need to, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be a horrible person that they need to pay for what they did, but they do need to face some kind of consequence here for that. That is not okay. So, I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons where we at the, the production company was so invested in investigation discovery and getting the story out because many people feel the justice system failed Natalia. Now that may not be over. She's looking at possible civil remedies. I just, I don't know. I can't speak to that. But um, to whether or not that will be successful. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like the judge 
who re- reached her did not have the information we have. Yeah. That Michael and Christine had. I mean, there's no evidence we're aware of that the judge who reaged her on, a, on an emergency petition in mm-hmm. June of 2012 knew the endocrinologist in 2010, gave her an age of like, 9 to 11, and that yeah. the dentist in 2011 says she was 9 to 10, and Christine signed that form. I mean, we have the form, she says Christine signed. Yeah. So, like, to me, it's like they perpetrated a fraud on the court by giving the judge mm-hmm. an affidavit from the family doctor saying, well, you know, she says she's an adult. She, you know, she's very mature, but um, she kind of had to grow up fast. So, yeah. right. When you don't have a choice. But yeah, this is all this is all just really uh, it's hard. It's hard to swallow. You really do feel so bad for this poor girl. And, you know, I I hope that a few months from now or a year from now, I'll be reading that she, you know, she has this case against the Barnetts because man, her talking to Michael, and I know it's just night one of this, but I was like, I was very disturbed. I was very, uh, just uncomfortable. And it was just so cringy. Um, but Beth, is there anything that you think that, uh, we need to keep in mind while, while finishing the series? Um, well, first of all, there, they will meet again. Uh, Natalia and Michael. Okay. Okay. Before Mm -hmm. it's over. So they, you know, some time lapses and they meet again. Um, But I think that, you know, we want people to make up their own minds. We're giving them as many facts as we have. And I know there's, uh, we've already talked about this, but there's been criticism that we didn't let, we didn't, we didn't tell listeners and viewers certain things like in the season one, but we didn't have it. We didn't hold back information. We didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is an unfolding story. Obviously, if Natalia does is able to do get get a lawsuit going or something, maybe maybe there's another bonus episode. I don't know. I don't know if there's another season, but another bonus yeah. episode. Yeah. But just just keep in mind that you know when you investigate. You know, you 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 go where the facts lead you, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't have a theory and then look for facts to support your theory. You just have to follow the facts. And in season one, we got all we were all over the place because we thought we were getting facts and they were, you know, contradicting each other. Michael was contradicting himself. We didn't mm-hmm. know if Natalia's memory, like, is her memory as good as as she claims, or is it sort of like She's been prepped for trial, you know, and she's been told these things and maybe she's looked at documents and records and that sort of refreshed her. So she thinks it's a memory, but it's really, you know, I'm not saying that she's not telling the truth, but she's not really speaking from memory. She's Mm -hmm. speaking from having been told this is what happened to you, you know. Right, right, right. Just, you know, evaluate it yourself. I think Mm -hmm. everybody who's who's watching needs to decide for themselves. We're just presenting um we're presenting the facts and we're, we're telling the story and we hope to bring, we want to bring this whole story to light, to, to bring justice, you know, for yeah. Natalia. Although yeah. our agenda is just really to tell the facts. This is a crazy story. I've never been involved in anything like this. And mm-hmm. uh, I too will continue to follow it. Yeah. And, and like we discussed before, I mean, medical records don't lie. So to me, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Now I know my answer. Um, well, Beth Paris, thank you so much. I'm so excited uh, to watch the rest of the docuseries. And I really appreciate your time, your, your class act. You know, I, I love you. <laughs> thank you, Lauren. It's a pleasure. And let's stay in touch. Yes. Uh, let me know, if you have any questions when it all ends, maybe we'll I, will. To- oh. <laughs> I will. I will. Thanks again. That was Beth. And like I said, to hear Beth's comments about the shocking twist, 
at the end of the docu-series, head to my Patreon. Okay, thank you for listening. Episodes of the Outlier podcast will be released every Friday, and you can follow me on Instagram for more content at Lauren Emily Conlin or on Twitter at Lauren underscore Conlin or on TikTok at Lauren Conlin 4. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.